difference maker. Even those that are born again, we get so involved into thinking that either the gift God gave us is greater than the giver of the gift, or we think some of the things that we have happened in our life is something that we had to do with, and I agree, we do have choices to make to go along with God. That's really important too, but you have to remember, he's still the source, and the things that he lets us have and the thing that he leads us in are resources. You always have to keep that in mind. Now, we're talking about today that Jesus being the difference maker. And when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about, I coached for several years, and I've been, I've been preaching longer than I was coaching, so I guess I'm a real preacher now. You know, 21, over 21 years of preaching and just 21 years of coaching. So I'd rather be a preacher anyway. But I just want you to know that in coaching, you have to have a difference maker. You have to have a difference maker. You can't just have everybody on the, on the team, and that's what everybody wants a team to be. Everybody does their part, and that's good if you have everybody doing their part, but there has to be somebody that does their part better than everybody else. So you right. listen to what I'm saying. Right. There has to be a difference maker. We all know if you take somebody like the Patriots, you know the difference maker. Like it or not, without Tom Brady... They would not be where they are. They wouldn't go where they go. It doesn't matter if it's that team or another team. In the NFL, if you don't have a good quarterback, I don't care if you have a great running back, a great line, and a great defense. You may be having a winning season, but as far as getting to the place that you want to be in the pinnacle of this situation, you're not going to be there. There has to be a difference maker. I coached at this, um, a, a small school called High Island, Texas, years and years ago. And when I coached there, the first and second year I was there, we had this, uh, we had really a good team, but we had a difference maker. And we had a good quarterback, but we had a real good running back. I mean, real good. And he took us all the way to state. We only lost one game. It's just the one game you lose was the wrong game to lose. Uh, So all those other games really meant nothing. But still, the only reason we got there, we had a difference maker. I was at another school. I don't mind telling you this, Crosby, Texas. Uh, they had a lot of problems, but I'm telling you, on the football field, when it came together, we had a difference maker. Uh, there were two guys that were vying for quarterback. <clears throat> the head coach, I was a quarterback coach and backfield coach, and the head coach said, look, I want you to choose who's going to be the starting quarterback. Well, there were some racial issues at, at this school, and he didn't want to be the guy that says, and there was this one kid, black kid, he was uh, six foot, Ran a 4-3-40, bench press, truthfully, 350, squatted 500. I mean, he was an unbelievable athlete, and he looked like it. And then there was this other kid that was about 6-2, white kid. Uh, he ran about a 4-7-40, uh, probably benched 280, which is not bad, and squatted 500. That's still good. But when you get down to the difference maker, and I have to choose who's going to be the difference maker. I told him, I said, well, do you want to win or do you want me to be political, politically correct? And he said, choose the difference maker. I chose the difference maker. So when it all came out, his daddy got mad. He didn't get mad at the head coach. Who did he get mad at? But we made it in the playoffs because of what? The difference maker. See, that's what we're so afraid of a lot of times. We're afraid of choosing the difference maker. Jesus will always be your difference maker. It's not a matter that you go into any situation. I know you can handle it, and I know you can find some kind of answer that will suffice, but will it be God's best? There's many people that are looking for answers, and you're so easily satisfied because you're the one running your show that you're not allowing the source, if you're born again, to give you the real solution to the issues and events that God wants for your best 
So instead of Jesus being the difference maker, you just say, well, I'm okay with having second best. I'm okay with coming in second. Listen, I'm not worried about the order that I come in. I just want to make sure that I come in the order God's called me to come in. I want to be involved in God's best. And that being the truth, I have to allow Jesus to be the difference maker. Not just in big situations, not just in other situations that are bottomed out and look hopeless. I have to allow Jesus to be my difference maker this morning when I woke up sick. I have to allow him to be my, my, my difference maker. I have to allow him to be my difference maker when my refrigerator went out two days ago, three days ago. We had to buy another refrigerator. I bought the wrong size. Praise God. Don't you love that? I even measured it before I left the house. Good job, Dennis. Okay? And I bought the wrong size. So, you know, anyway, long story short, we cut it in there. I didn't. You know, I didn't do anything with that. I don't cut it in there. If I would have cut it in there, y'all... Oh, my God, there wouldn't have been a wall left. I mean, I don't know what there would have been left. But, you know, I'm just wanting you to know that we have a difference maker. And it's not just that we're, when we're in here. It's when you're on the job. It's when, it's when situations that are happening between relationships, which were the, this is where the enemy attacks more than any place else, is in relationships. Have you not noticed this is where the church falters in, 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 in the in the most difficult arena that God's called us to have real relationships. And some of us wonder why that we've learned to be um, have schisms and we like certain people better than we like other people. And it's the fact that really what we see in others, we don't know, but that's what we see in us a lot of times. And we don't like that in them, so we sure don't like it in ourselves. I just want God's best, and I want you to know to do this, you're going to have to allow the difference maker to make a difference. Are you listening to yeah. me? He's the difference maker. He didn't just die. He didn't just lay in the grave three days. He rose again. And he rose again to be the difference maker. He didn't just rise again so you can say a prayer up here. And you can say, well, you know, I can go live like hell because I said the prayer. And I'm going to be all right out in the world. I can do what I want to do. But anybody that sees you can't even tell you're born again. Because in Romans 7, there are people like that. Let me just give you a little crash course. This will be free. Maybe I'll get to this in a minute. Never know about the difference maker. There's three kinds of people. There's the natural man. What kind of man is he? He's a natural man. Say natural man. man. He's not born again. No matter how many times he comes to church, he's never really asked Jesus Christ to come into his heart to save his life. He's never really got to a place where he can even understand why did we need a resurrected Savior in the first place. He doesn't even understand why we need a Spirit of God living in us. Doesn't get it. Why? Because he hadn't understood that he needs the real source and not the resource. And we also think a lot of times about this, the difference maker. If God's not doing anything to us at the moment that we're doing something against his will, then it must be okay. Can I assure you the enemy leads you astray like that and then he, you know what happens. The bottom drops out. The, the, the cliff, all of a sudden the ledge is there. So there's a natural man. What is he? He's lost. Got it? What's the next man? Huh? He's the carnal Christian. What does he do? He follows his flesh. Romans 7 talks about that. Paul talks about that. He follows his flesh. Jesus died so you wouldn't follow your flesh if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Okay? This is Christianity. All right? So you have what? There's a carnal man. And he can't help it, but instead of growing up in the faith, he's constantly following after his flesh because that's what's always felt good. That's what always 
placed him in the arena of where he wanted to be so he felt like he was more acceptable. A carnal Christian is a person that has real struggle with his identity. And his identity is found in only those that accept his old habits when Jesus died to reestablish his habits in you. You're going to have habits. Come on, somebody. I got habits. You know, when you get up in the morning and you're sick and you still read your Bible, I got good habits. I know if I put the word in me, it's life, so it has a chance to reproduce healing. Oh, you, did you all hear that right there? See, a carnal Christian wouldn't do that. He'd just go over and sit down, drink a cup of coffee, and go, I feel too bad to do anything. I'm just going to sit right here. No, you don't feel too bad. You feel really good about the source you're dealing with because what does he want? He wants his best for me. And if he didn't want his best, how do you know he wants his best? Because he, what do you say? He gave his best. So why would he want me? Come on, somebody, help me here. So the other type of Christian's what? He's a real believer. That's the three kinds of the people there are. There's no other kinds of people on the planet. You can call them apathetic, uh, uh, pathetic, sympathetic. You can call them uh, uh, atheist. You can call whatever religion you want to pick. But the truth about that is they're lost or saved. But after you, after you get born again, there's two kinds of Christians. So I want you to know which, which one in that group are you. Which one in that group? I, I, if you're a carnal Christian, I'm challenging you today to let Jesus make the difference. Amen. Let him be the difference maker. Listen to me. I think some of you, and I've shared with you my testimony before, but I think some of you really believe that, that when you get born again, you just stay in that, that arena of carnality, which is your flesh kind of encapsulating you, and you're moving around like Linus. Y'all remember Linus? With that, like, you got a cloud up over you, and you don't even know it. Linus never knew he had the cloud. He stunk. You understand? He never knew he had the cloud, and that's the way most carnal Christians are. They think everybody's blind to what they're doing, and it's not a merit you judge it, but you can't help but see it. The closer you get to God, the, the, the more sin that is revealed to you that you, you, you can't help but see it. Okay? If we're going to get to the Holy of Holies, it's not going to be in carnality. I can tell you that. If you know anything about the temple, I ought to teach about that this morning. There's three courts, but I'm not going to teach that. I haven't forgotten that. I taught it in Africa a while back, like six years ago. But I still remember it. The difference maker. In becoming a believer, there must be something that is different. Come on, stay with me. Look at me. When you became a believer, did something different happen? I just really wonder. Did it really happen? How about, let me, let me ask you. Okay, I don't want some dissertation or some thesis. What happened different? What's, what's different in you now? I'm giving you a chance to talk. I'm not going to give you a mic, just what's different in you. Who, who's got some courage here? Uh-oh, people are going, hope you ain't looking at me. Bruce, don't look down. I was looking right at you. I looked right at you. Yes, what? Jesus is Lord of my life, okay. not me. Okay, Jesus is Lord of her life. Now, let me tell you something. I'm not chastising you, but I'm telling you that's easy to say, but it's a challenge to live. Yes, it is. Yes, and if you're going to live in carnality, no matter what arena you choose to do, he's not Lord of your life. The Lord of your life, he not only dictates, which he can do that because he's Lord, but as he dictates, you're willing to submit and yield to his way. That's lordship. It's not, well, you know, he said to do this, but I know this isn't right. That person's crazy. I know, but Jesus said do it anyway. Huh? Come on, somebody. Yes. I no longer feel like the sin is hurting me. I feel like the sin is hurting my 
Oh, that's good. Sin hurts his father instead of him. You're right. But really and truthfully, you know, don't even, sin does not hurt God the Father. That's why Jesus took every bit of it. It can't even reach God the Father. The only problem with sin, when you sin in carnality as a Christian, there's just a distortion that takes place. And I hope that there is a conviction so that you can repent so there's no distortion. And when you pray, there's a clear avenue to God through Jesus Christ. Somebody else, what's the difference God really made in your life? Yes, back there. Yeah. Full of joy. Wow. That's really good. See, people don't know that. But, but like, like, were you negative? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some people in here that are negative like that. Like negative, I don't like negative Ned. I think I can think of a worse word, but I'm not going to say it. But I'm just telling you, there are a lot of Christians, they don't understand that the carnality of negativism, it truly does destroy the work of the, of the difference maker. Let me tell you, the Bible says that Jesus' name is the greatest in heaven, on the earth, and beneath the earth. He's the difference maker. He's the one that saves you. He heals you. He delivers you. He's the one that rose again. He's the one that took sin. Oh, listen to me. He is the difference maker. It's not going to church, although that's important because that's where the difference maker said his spirit would reside so he can make a difference, not in us that are here, but those that we're going to meet when we leave. Come on, somebody. Somebody else? I'll give me one more. Okay, go, Miss Feedy. What did you say? Oh, you're not as fearful. That's good. You know how many Christians are fearful? I'm saved, but let me tell you what's going on. What? You're saved, but you're still fearful? Listen, I'm not telling you fear doesn't sometimes try to invade me, but it's not God putting that fear in me. The only kind of fear that you can really have, sweetheart, is what? The kind of fear of reverential fear that you know God's going to take care of the things as long as you're depending upon the what? On the difference maker. Come on, somebody. On the difference maker. Yes, Rick. You change? Oh, man. I wonder if some of y'all did that. That is almost a have to. I mean, I hate... It's a have to. Come on. I was a... I don't know if I was the biggest idiot, but I was a big one. I've shared this with y'all. I was a big idiot. I know, y'all think Pastor Kobe was, and he was. Touche. And I may not be through with you yet. I like to get on my son-in-law and, my, and, and his daddy and mom appreciate everything I say to him. <laughs> Y'all know how he butchers us all the time, don't you? <laughs> Listen to me. He had the difference maker because, Rick, he did what you did. He changed direction. Yeah. I did what he did. I changed direction. I'm telling you, as a, as, this is when you know things are really starting to change when what you have always done in carnality has such a bad taste, you have to turn around. You can't even play with that anymore because it has no significance, and you know it goes against the difference maker. Now, the difference maker is Jesus, but we know, we know that he gives us his spirit to enforce this difference. Amen? Come on, somebody. You know he gives you the spirit for this. Something that I don't have to make happen, but it happens within me. All I do is submit to it. Amen? 
I didn't try to be different, but I had the difference maker in me. Listen, if you'll loose the difference maker, you don't get it. I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be different today. I'm going to, no, I just listen to God and whatever he tells me to do, if it looks different, get over it. If it looks different, okay. Don't say, I wonder why, I wonder why. Have you ever done something God told you to do and people are wondering why you're doing that? All you got to do is say, the difference maker told me to do it. Well, who's the difference maker? He's not my boss. It's Jesus. Huh? I'm his son. He's not my boss. I'm his son. I had a choice as I do today, but I want to submit to this difference maker. Bruce, that's what I want to do. I want to submit to the difference maker. I just want to submit to him. I just want to get to a place where there's no more argument. I'm not griping about my carnality. Amen? Because I'm not a natural man, but I'm not grappling about my, carnal, my carnality. Everybody goes, well, that's not going to send me to hell. I know that. I'm not saying that. That isn't the issue. The issue is if a plant doesn't grow, it dies. And the deal is most of us that get to that place and we stop our growth because we, we relegate the difference maker to only a certain amount of degree of control because I control my own life. Don't you understand that? Not to the difference maker, you don't. Somebody, somebody, somebody used to say this to me, and I won't say their name, but they're probably in here, I think. Maybe they are. They always used to tell me, it is what it is. I said, bull corn. It is what God says it is. Now you get in on it. Or I am what I am. I said, no, you know, he's I am. You do what he says. Amen? Amen. We have to watch what we say. I was so naive in Christianity as to think all Christians submitted to the difference maker. One time I went to this place as a young Christian. I was 28. We were going to this coffee house. If you don't know what that was, there was a place where a whole bunch of Christians would go and hang out, and there'd be music and great preaching, and be a bunch of young people, and I was helping sort of just be around there at that time. It was in Houston. And uh, I got in there and kind of figured out it was really weird because most people act like they didn't like each other. And I was so naive that I thought all Christians liked each other. I mean, I was so in, in love with Jesus that I loved everybody. You know my story. I got saved. My wife had my son the same day. I go to the hospital. I buy everybody in the place lunch. They ain't got no money to do it with. I don't know how I paid for it. I think it was like the fishes and loaves. I mean, the money just kept coming, so I kept paying. And no, I'm serious. It was a miracle. But I just really... I just really think that, the, that there has to be a difference maker in you working all the time. I mean, it's like it's oiled up. It's not like the tin man on the Wizard of Oz. What happened? I need some oil. That's what some of y'all are saying. You need a whole lot more than oil. You need the oil of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Romans, 9, 8, uh, Romans 8, 9, and 11 says this. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you. Don't you like that? If you're not born again, then I can understand the Spirit of God not living in you. If you're born again, then if you're allowing your carnal nature to control you, are y'all with me? Then you are choosing to let your flesh run your show. And the difference maker is not making a difference. Listen, I don't want to make a difference in front of you. I want to make a difference in front of this community. Listen to me. How long are we going to continually evangelize Christians? I feel like half the time in here I have to evangelize Christians. We are so afraid we might have to be a part of the body of Christ. That's where God pours out His Spirit. 
But we want to so neglect it because we still live in a certain part of carnality or we have our own interpretation which is, left, is not left up to each one of us individually. You'll have a control not by sinful nature but by the Spirit. And if the Spirit of God lives in you, if the Spirit of God lives in you, does He live in you? Let's look at some examples. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Golly, is that deep? Are you listening to that? So if Christ is in you and you're doing sinful things, then you're doing dead works and they have an odor. Come on, somebody. I want to amen out of this. Don't get so offended. Huh? We'll have... It says your body is dead. Your body is dead. In other words, it cannot do anything that pleases God. And yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. The Holy Ghost in you, the Spirit of God given by the difference maker gives you discernment about carnality. If you can get this, you can go big places. Stop defending your carnality. Stop trying to tell me what you can do. Stop trying to defend what you know you're not supposed to do. Ask God about what you're up to and see what he thinks. Somebody once told me, and you know this, that God's happy with how they're living Christianity. And I said, really? Well, how come, if he's happy with your faith, how come it's not, it's not agreeing with you in the scripture? I kind of have a tough problem with that. The Spirit of God, the difference maker. The Holy Ghost is responsible for true change that manifests in each believer. Is that true or not? If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can't change. Huh? If you don't put chocolate in milk, you don't get chocolate milk. What well, is the truth? Am I, I don't, you never seen that strawberry milk? Don't, that's heresy. You get chocolate milk, you're going to get chocolate milk. I never even heard. I wouldn't even drink that. It's kind of like that Nutella stuff. Y'all ever looked at that? Who would eat Nutella? It has a name called Nutella. I didn't know how to say it. And just looking at it, I wouldn't put that in my mouth. It looks horrible. And some of y'all like, how many of y'all like it? And don't, don't raise your hand. Oh, my God. People, have you ever eaten it? Don't tell me you've eaten it. I don't think a man would eat that. Will, have you eaten Nutella? All right, all right, that's my Will. Hang in there, Will. <laughs> Dustin, we got to get a new drummer. <laughs> He's Nutella. Oh, my God, Ruckert, you eat it? No, I'm with you. And you know it's heresy. Don't ever eat that stuff. There's something wrong with it. <clears throat> the Holy Ghost is responsible for true change. Those that embrace the Holy Ghost without reservation, you grab a hold of the Holy Ghost, he comes in, he takes control. Now listen to this. Live, uninhibited, faithful. He's, he's alive. It's uninhibited. And, it's, and, and if you'll be faithful to the Lord then you'll see the manifestation of his great power. That's what the difference maker does for us. 
He didn't just die and rise again. He went to heaven, put blood on the mercy seat in heaven, released the Holy Ghost, but without the difference maker, we wouldn't have the Holy Ghost. The image of God is the transformation of our inside. The outside is the character of the Lord. Think about that. Have you ever wondered why so many refuse the change? You ever wondered why that, Casey? Why do people refuse change? You get born again, and you don't want anybody to tell you you need to start doing this and you need to start doing that, so most people don't try to give you any orders. And if you ever try to get somebody that keeps you, what do you call them, an accountable person, what a accountability partner or whatever, that never works. You get mad, you get offended, and quit church. Come on, somebody, that never works. It never does. You get mad. Don't tell me what to do. I can do what I want to do. No, you get to do what he wants to do, and you get to pray what he wants to pray. Then all we see is victory all the way. It's the truth. They refuse to enter into the Garden of Gethsemane. That's why most people refuse change, right? You know what the Garden of Gethsemane, you know what, you know what Gethsemane means? What? Y'all know. Olive press. You don't want to go into the press. See, Jesus had to press out any desire of the flesh so he could speak spirit. It was a difficult thing. He had to drink a cup that nobody else could drink. Why? Because only a sinless man could drink that cup. But don't think there wasn't a choice. Why? He was tempted. I was talking to somebody before church. Do you know that Jesus was tempted at all points like us, yet without sin? Do you know that he had women all over him and he was tempted? Come on, somebody. You never thought about that. You just think Jesus was a robot. He couldn't be a robot and say he was tempted like us. He was a man that was tempted by every kind of facet you can think of, but by the, by the power of the Spirit, which he had without measure, he always overcame. The Garden of Gethsemane, that's what we refuse to get to. In any area that you get to the Scripture, you say, well, that's not for me because I'm really a lot more comfortable doing it this way. And God's going, but that's not my way. So get to the garden. What happens in the garden? You get squashed, you get pushed, you get pressed. And what God is doing is pressing everything out of you. So it's kind of like those little animals. My granddaughter had one yesterday at the house. You squeeze it real hard and it goes real small. And you let go of it, it bounces right out. Well, you've got to squeeze all that flesh out of you. So when it fills back up, it's the power and the spirit of the living God. That's what it's all about. Having the difference maker, God gives access to all things flesh. Are you listening to me? So when you have the difference maker, Jesus, he gives you the Holy Ghost. Now, come on, listen. He gives access, now, all things flesh. Have you ever wondered why? He, I've said this before many years ago, but you remember this. He gets up in your business. Huh? He's your, if you're his child, he gets up in your business. He gets up into your carnality. He gets up into your attitude. He, up, he gets up into every area that does not represent him. As a result, he uses many events to annihilate this decaying material. One of the most powerful is the word, of course. If you follow the word of God, the difference maker can now work through that. It says in Matthew 4, 4, that man does not live by bread alone. You listening to me? He doesn't live by bread alone. What does he live by? Every word that what? Proceeds. So we have two kinds of words. We have the Logos, which is the written word of God. And we have, when you're reading the word, what do we have? We have rhema that bounces off the page and you go, man, I do this all the time. I don't think it's because I'm retarded or anything, but I just do this kind of stuff. I'll be reading the book and I will jump up and go, my gosh, you won't believe what I just read. 
It's the greatest thing in the world. And I'm by myself, of course. Well, the bird's in there with me, and he's talking, <laughs> saying some stuff. But really and truthfully, I, I just can't believe it. It's rama. It's something that God gives me so that the difference maker can make a difference, not just in my life, but in those that I come in contact with. This is rama as the word of God. As the word of God in totality is called logos, right now the on-time word is called rhema. This is so valuable to a believer who listens to the difference maker. This is what separates religion from real. Religion from real. What have you not changed? If you have changed everything and you have truly taken on the image and character of Christ, you wouldn't be here. So what have you not changed? I'm challenging you. What have you not changed? I want you to look and tell me what you've not changed, and now I want you to do something about it. Not for me, for you, for the victory of the church. This is what has given the right to change us from glory to glory. When's the last time you had a new shot of glory? Huh? When's the last time? I can't believe I'm already out of time. The last time you had a new shot of glory. Last time you, you felt something that other than the air conditioner come on. A new shot of glory, okay? Many believers become stale. Listen to me. Many believers become stale and indifferent to the things of the Lord. One of the main reasons is not receiving rhema. You know, there's nothing wrong with reading other material from other people as long as they're teaching sound doctrine. But you know what? When you begin to think that that's the only place you can find something different and new, something that you think you can speak that nobody's heard of. Come on, somebody. You need to find yourself sitting down with the Word of God and Him giving you rhema, you spending long enough. Because if you have questions, it says in the Bible, He'll answer those things so you can have something special, so it can change you, so it can manifest His glory. Manna was to be collected in the Old Testament on a daily basis, Right? Right? If they got too much, what happened to it? <laughs> got what in it? Yeah, got worms. Can you imagine? I told you don't collect that the second day, and you go in there and think, well, I was wanting a little more this morning, and I look in there and eat worms. Are you going to eat worms? Well, that's what it's talking about. You cannot live on yesterday's manna. You must be a, a very aggressive in reading the new manna that's supposed to be today. You have manna for today. Why? Because each trouble has enough trouble on its day. Everything today has enough trouble. Amen? Each day, Rama is always something, get, get this, intimate and very personal. I love it. Like when I'm preaching today, somebody's going to get some Rama because it's okay, Scripture says that, that you can do that. So if you get Rama today, what it means is wherever you are, God's going to speak to you in that arena, but the person beside you may get it in a whole different light, but they, they can get rhema too. Rhema always get to a place that depends on the environment that it's, that it's being approached, how it's uh, approaching to that person. John six sixty three says, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for what? Nothing. Nothing. There's one person said that. The flesh counts for what? Nothing. 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 The flesh counts for nothing. It has no value except to be in submission as you are to the Word of God, the rhema of God, so that you can listen to the difference maker. If he's a difference maker, are you letting him make the difference? What's changed about your family? 
What's changed on your job? What's changed in your thinking? What's changed? Here are some rhema words. You're going to like these. Luke 1.38. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. She had just been told she's going to have Jesus, the baby. Be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto me according to thy word. What did she receive? She didn't go, now wait a minute, we need to think about this. I don't know, I don't know if we ought to do this or not. It's pretty silly. You mean I'm gonna have the I'm gonna have baby Jesus, the Son of God? Listen to me, that's Rhema. She didn't argue about it. What'd she say? Yeah, I got this. I got this. I got that. That's Rhema, buddy. How can you say, okay, I'll have the Son of God? <laughs> all right, then. Let's go to the next movie. Come on, somebody. We all know what? That's Rhema. That changed her life. There was no question. That's what Rhema is. That's what Rhema does. All right, are y'all getting this Rhema stuff? It says in Luke 2.29, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. This is Simeon at the temple. He finally sees Jesus. And after he sees Jesus, it's Raymond to him that this truly is the Son of God. That's why he says, according to thy word. Let me die. It's okay now. I got this. This is who I've been waiting for. This is who I've been praying about. This is him. Luke 3, 2. Ananias and Caiaphas, being the high priest, the word of God came unto John the son of uh, Zacharias, in the wilderness. John is speaking in the wilderness. Of course, you know all the things that John said. If you don't, look them up. But the, what I'm saying is, the word of God came to John, and he was the preparer of the way of the Messiah. And he had so much rhema that he just belted this stuff out and had, you, you can tell when rhema is the real thing, it has a, such an impact on those that are around and the truth is, it changes them, and they respond as they're ready to listen. Luke 5, 5, and, and Simon was answering unto him. Here's a good one. Listen to this one. Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, we will let, thy, we will let down thy net. They've been fishing all night. Jesus tells them what? Just let's, let's, let's fish over here. But Lord, nevertheless, <laughs> come on somebody, some of y'all do things so long, so wrong, when God speaks, you go, but we done been trying that. I know your way. And then God says, let's do this. And you go, oh, I don't know about that. That's what Peter said. I don't know about that. We've been fishing all night. Listen, my shoulders are sore. My hands are sore. I fell off the boat three times. He didn't say all this, but I'm telling you. That's how we would talk. Am I wrong or right? And, but he got revelation. And he said, nevertheless, about how my carnality is, all right, I'm casting. And then the rest of the story is what? Lots of fish. <laughs> this rhema can only be revealed through the difference maker. The Holy Ghost. When Rhema is revealed, there is understanding and submission ready available. Mary said, at thy word, let it be according unto me. Come on, somebody. At thy word, I'm going to do this. There had to be Rhema. 
You ever had rhema? If you've never had rhema, you need to get into your word. Stay in it long enough. No matter what the situation you're in, if you have something specific in your life that's going on and it's a trouble, or you have to be careful because we look at great things that happen is not situations where the enemy will attack, but he will. So no matter what situation you're in, you need to be looking for rhema to either sustain or be protected from. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10 says, However, as it is written, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Jesus is the difference maker. Jesus released the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, we can't even, we haven't even begun to receive all of the rhema that's waiting for us. Some of us have never had it, so we don't even know what I'm talking about. Y'all ever eat a shredded wheat? But I do. It's like a bale of hay. That's what my wife calls it. It's like a bale of hay. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? You got to put a lot of sugar. But here lately, I went off deep end, and I went and got them little mini wheats, and they got sugar all over the top of them (laughs) jugs. You know what I'm talking about. I'll tell you one thing. It's that little milk. You don't need to put no sugar, unless you want some more sugar. But I ain't put any more sugar. I don't know why I said any of that, to be honest with you. Something about the Holy Ghost, but I missed it. Oh, yeah, I guess. A sweeter with Jesus. He covered for me. I want to take us to the difference maker, uh, to the difference maker today through one of the stories about Peter. Think about this. When Herod, Acts 12, 6 through 11, when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Bound two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side. And he raised him up. I love this. This guy is in a deep world of trouble. James just got beheaded, and Peter's sleeping in jail. What a man of God. I guess he was sitting there going, well, I already prayed and didn't get any revelation, but I'm sure I will get some rainbow before the night's out, or I'm going to lose a head over this issue. I mean, I don't know. And he says, and the, the angel hit Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. You'd have to be surprised. If you'd be obedient, there's some of y'all that sure get free. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true, that was done by the angel, but thought it was a vision. Okay? He thought it. But, verse 10, when they were past the first and second ward, they came into the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened unto them. Of his own accord, they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, what happened? Revelation hit. He said, I'm really not in jail, and it wasn't me that got myself out of this situation. It was the spirit of the living God using an angel to get me through here. All I had to do was take the proper steps and be obedient. See, this is is revelation. This is rhema. He got all the way out, and a lot of times, I don't know about you, but I've been in situations with God where I've gotten all the way out and realized, oh, my God, it was God. It's you. You you got me out. You did that. I didn't do anything. I just 
shook off some chains and, and, I, and, and I got dressed. And the next thing you know, the doors were open and I still didn't believe. And the craziest thing, the prayer group that's praying for him, do you know what? They didn't even believe God could do something like that. They hadn't received any rhema. The damsel comes to the door. They said, Peter says, hey, I'm here. She goes back in there and said, Peter's outside. They said, shut up, we're praying for him. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. The prayer team can't even get any rhema. Come on, somebody. I just want you to know, when Peter came to himself, he said, now I know of a surety. That's what Rhema does. There's no more question about who you are, who he is, what he's up to. Now you know for a surety. I love that. Isn't that good? Now there's no more question. I'm not putting on Facebook question mark and whatever you're doing and trying to figure out what's going on. Bless God, it's a period because you know you have the answer. Let's go to one more and then we're done today. Acts 13, 43. And when the, the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day, <coughs> excuse me, they came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy and spake against those sayings which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing you put it from you, and you judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. What did he receive at that point? That's rhema. That's revelation. You know, Paul was never called to the Jews. Do you all know that? He was called to the Gentiles, but he just could not... He, he, he couldn't get away from the fact, I better go into town and try to take it to the authorities and see if I can do this. I'll try to submit to authority. But he wasn't really called to them. That's why every time he tried to do that, it never worked out. Never worked. So what did he do? He, got, he received revelation and said, okay, Casey, you won't listen? Then I'll go to Howard. I'll go to Leroy. I'll go to Robert. You won't listen? That's Okay. That's what he did. He, he received rhema. So rhema d- doesn't just come for your own personal thing. It, it, it's involved in a situation. That's why we have the difference maker called Jesus. That's why he rose again. Is because we can have something that's different. Don't you like different stuff? Listen to me. I'm so excited about the coffee bar. Every time I walk in there, I'm excited. Why? I love change. I know some of y'all, it has nothing to do with, well, you just like fancy stuff. Well, the only thing we can do better, I guess, in there is paint it with gold. Come on, somebody. <laughs> huh? Why not? I'm, I'm just telling you, I think we ought to give God glory and make it as good as we can make it around here. It, it is nothing about that. But you know what? We're going to use any bait we can to bring people in to right. grow them up in the faith. Yeah. I don't care. Although I would like to have some of that burnt wood in my house. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Wouldn't you? The difference maker makes a way for a difference to be made. Listen, I'm almost done. Can you believe you said this long through a sermon? The difference maker makes a way for a difference to be made. Got it? When God speaks his word for each situation, it has opportunity to become rhema to any and all who are in hearing distance. It's not just you. In your own special little thing, I would dare say that if we didn't leave home 
every morning until we got rhema. Can you imagine what your day would be like? The problem is, many of us think it takes a long time to get rhema, but it doesn't. It really doesn't. If you would just spend long enough with God, you'd be surprised how much change it would make in your life. We want to read that again. When God speaks his word for each situation, it has opportunity to become rhema to any and all who are in hearing distance. Boy, there's a lot of y'all in hearing distance. This is what has the most impact for change in a believer or those becoming one. The difference maker. Are you born again? The difference maker. Are you listening to the Spirit of God? The difference maker. Many facets. You don't worship the gift, you worship the difference maker. The gift is just a tool that you use. It has nothing to do with anything but the difference maker somehow manifesting the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Today, how would you like the difference maker? Today, do you follow the difference maker? Today, are you tired of being where you've always been, thinking that's where you're supposed to be? You young people always think of y'all, and I love you very much, but I think y'all always think like I used to think. I have no idea what's going on in life, and when I get their age sometime, I guess I'll figure it out. You don't have to wait that long to figure this out. Really read the Bible, because when you do find how many of those young people in the Bible receive rhema, and they knew their identity, and they really, it's not that you don't care about people, it's that you care more about God so you can influence people. It's not that you don't care about people. I love people, but I care more about God, and I want to hear what he's saying so I can do what? Have an influence in the arena that he calls me to. And it's not just a word. It's not just the logos, the word I'm reading. It's the rhema that he gives me for the situation that I'm ready for. Amen? Are you born again?